Good morning, church. Before we go any further, let's just pray and believe God for his word. Amen. Father, we thank you that this is your word of truth. Jesus, you said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This morning we pray that we would see your way. This morning we would see your truth. This morning we would see and experience your life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. It's a real privilege and an honor to stand before you all this morning, and I thank Pastor Larry, Pastor Krista, and Pastor Kevin for this opportunity. Can we all turn to 2 Timothy 3? 2 Timothy chapter 3, a familiar verse, familiar book that we all know, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, excuse me, and I want to read verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that the woman of God, that the youth of God, that the young adults of God, that the children of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This morning where I want to talk about instruction in righteousness. That's what we want to use this scripture for. This morning, I want to take a verse, a word that is found in the Old Testament and go through into the New Testament and see what God is actually saying to us because I believe as a church that we stand at the beginning of a new season. It's a new day. This is the day that we're gathering together for the first time in months. But it's also something that I sense God has actually brought us to. He's brought us to the edge, if you like, of a cliff, but not a bad cliff. He's brought us to the edge of the riverbank. And he wants to show us some things and he wants to tell us some things. And not just today, but this coming week, next Sunday, next month, God wants to tell Casey City Church some new things. Amen. So my key... Verse 4 this morning is found in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 25, and the passage is verses 8 through 22. Now, while you're finding that verse, there's a word that I want to zero in on this morning. It's the word jubilee. Now, we can do all sorts of somersaults on that word. We can do all sort of eschatological theories and all sorts of things, and that's not what I'm here for this morning. But I believe that what God wants to show us is an application of freedom that is found in the Jubilee. The Jubilee actually is actually a festival. Did you know that? I didn't. But when I started looking it up, I found that the Jubilee of Scripture is actually a festival. It's a celebration, 
A jubilee is a time to get excited about what God is doing. Amen? So this morning, if you want to get excited, that's okay by me. If you want to let rip with a couple of amens, then you do that. If you want to say praise God, then you say praise God. Because it's not about us. It's about Him. It's all about Him. And so that's what I want to speak on this morning as, as it's already been put. The road to freedom. The road of Jubilee. So have you all found that verse for me? Verse chap- Leviticus chapter 25, beginning at verse 8. Now this is a, quite a sizable passage. So what I want to do, and you can write that down and study it for all you're worth when you go home. But there's three verses in particular that I want to pull out and address this morning. Beginning at verse 8. And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, and shall make the trumpet to sound through all your land, and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. Did you get that? All the land to all its inhabitants. By the by, what does all mean? All means all, and that's all all means, right? It's encapsulating. It's the whole land, the whole country. It's all of Australia. It's all of the world. And you shall consecrate, consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty through all the land and its, to its, all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. The 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. Amen. So three points we want to have a look at this morning. Number one, the sounding of the trumpet. Number two, proclaiming liberty throughout the whole land. And number three, you shall not sow nor reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. Okay, Malcolm, where are you going with this? Well, follow me and we will get to its destination. Number one, The trumpet. The trumpet was to sound throughout the land, the trumpet of the Jubilee. We find that this trumpet was actually silver in color, and originally it was believed to have been a ram's horn. Trumpets of silver were symbolic of the redemption of the soul. Trumpets were symbolic of the redemption of the soul. Joseph was sold into slavery for what? 30 pieces of silver. A silver trumpet, but he redeemed. Redemption of the soul. 
Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, but Jesus was making a sound. Joseph was making a sound. In the original, I believe that it says either a, a cornet or trumpet that will give a clear sound. A clear sound was to be made throughout the whole land. Trumpets in Scripture is also symbolic to symbolize the prophetic voice. The spoken word of the Lord coming to His people through the ministry. The prophets were told to lift up their voice like a trumpet. So... With all that in mind, I look at myself more than I look at everybody here. But each one of you are a trumpet. What am I doing with my life that makes this trumpet be heard? Because when you're in an orchestra... And that orchestra is playing all sorts of confusing notes. It's not much of a melody happening, is there? It's just a cacophony of sound. But the Bible is telling me that God wants us to put a trumpet to our mouths and begin to trumpet a clear sound. What is the clear sound that you and I are saying? There's many sounds that we can say, but what is the number one sound? What is the number one Melody, if you like, for those that are musically minded. It's all about Jesus. Are you declaring with your life, am I declaring, Malcolm, am I declaring that Jesus is the Christ? Am I sounding a sound that says, hey, Australia, you've been through all of this, but you know there's an answer. And it's not to be found in man, it's to be found in the Lord of heaven. Amen. His name is Jesus. Is, is, is that sound on your lips? Is there something on the inside of you like a fountain that wants to gush out and say, Jesus is your answer? Jesus can heal you of that. We heard last week, Jesus, the Bible says, don't go and pray for the sick. He says, heal the sick. Cast out devils, raise the dead, for his kingdom comes. Is that the sound that's on our lips? Or is it just... What did I say? I didn't say anything. It was garbled. It was muffled. The trumpet makes a declaration. So are we as churches, what is our message? As Ian said, the message has not changed. It is still the Great Commission. I believe that we live in a moment where if we would understand the season, I sense the Lord is asking the church to begin to make a clear sound throughout the land. There's a book that I read a number of years ago, and some of you, I'm sure, have read it. It says, and the chauffeur blew. The trumpet blew. The horn blew. Are you ready to blow Casey City Church? What sound are you going to make? 
Is it loud enough for the whole land to hear? And what will that message be? Think about that just for a moment. You know, I can raise my voice and my family know that I've got a booming voice. And sometimes that's all I've got, I get. I don't sometimes know how to modulate it too well. That's me. Not an excuse, that's me. But you know what, church? There's a lot of garbled sound out there. And people are looking to the left, people are looking to the right and saying, who do I listen to? Casey City Church, we have the truth. Casey City Church, we have the way. Casey City Church, we have the life. And it's found in Jesus. I'm repeating his name because you know what? It's a wonderful name. It's a beautiful name. It's a marvelous name. It's the only name in heaven by which man can be saved. Let me put it to you another way. When the children of Israel, the church in the wilderness, came out of the wilderness, what happened? They made such a sound that the enemies of God went before them. The church pushed back the enemies of God. Are you ready to push back the sounds of man, push back the sounds of the enemy? Why? So that we can begin to declare again that our God is on the move. We sing that, but do you believe it? You know, it's, it's one thing to sing something. It's another thing to believe it. And when you believe something, you act on what you have believed. Right? Are you a Christian? Then let's act on it. Let's trumpet that sound of why we believe what we believe. The world is waiting. The city of Casey is waiting. The metropolis of Melbourne is waiting for a clear sound. You have that sound on the inside, but it's time to let that sound out with a roar. Be the lion on the earth of the tribe of Judah and let Jesus use your voice to touch a dying generation. The trumpet was to sound throughout the land. I believe that the church is about to get on the move. Number two, liberty was to be proclaimed throughout the land. Now, when we read that scripture before, there were seven times seven weeks where the children of Israel were effectively in slavery. They, didn't, they had an inability to fulfill their obligations. Today it's the same. Men, women, children, young adults are all enslaved to something. Before sin entered, man was free. Adam and Eve in the garden were free, weren't they? Apart from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were told not to eat. In the period of time that God is setting before us, he wants us to be free. I started looking at this word liberty that we've just read, and there is so much church in that one word, liberty. This word liberty comes from the original Hebrew word, 
De or, meaning to move rapidly. Freedom, that which is free from dominion moves rapidly from where we get little. This is just, this is awesome. Spontaneity of outflow. Freedom. Now, have you thought of freedom before? Let's go, let's go to this word kingdom for a moment. Kingdom is the domain of the king. It's his place where he rules, the kingdom of God, right? Let's take that over to freedom. I looked it up, so it's true. It ends with dom, domain. Freedom is the domain of the free. Oh, come on. Freedom is the domain of the free, which is the word liberty. Amen? Free from dominion causes people to have spontaneity of, over, of outflow, which is clear. Liberty, freedom, is pure. Your freedom is a pure freedom. Can you imagine for a moment this liberty that is to be proclaimed throughout the land? It's pure in its flow. It's pure in its spontaneity. I mean, have you met a spontaneous person? How many have met a really spontaneous person? And sometimes they shock you a little bit, don't they, with their spontaneity. You don't know what you're going to get next. But as Christians, we should be spontaneous. Have you thought about that for a moment? Oh, I don't want to be too spontaneous because people will think I'm a little bit crazy. No. Jesus came that he might give us life and life more. Uh, oh, abundant life. There's a freedom life that Jesus gives you. But you know what? We need to receive that. We need to take that. We need to believe that. You know, it's, it's, not, just a, it's not just taking this book and saying, okay, these are all the promises. But you can't get to the promise until you go from potential to the promise. There's a lot of potential in here. But until you feast, taste, and see that the Lord, He is good, you're not going to know how good it is. It's the same with this word freedom. Until you actually know what it is, you know, you just want to stay. Oh, it's a bit deep. I don't know whether I want to put my foot in. I mean, I'm already up to my knee, but I feel a bit safer here. Oh, this is not bad. Oh, okay. I'm now up to my loins. This is good. Okay, why didn't I think about that before? See, God is the God of encouragement. God is encouraging his church to get into what the river of this season. The river of this season is that he wants his church to be free to release the captives. Amen. We have been in a season of prayer. Paul and Silas, they were in prison and they prayed. And what happened as they were praying? I mean, I could tell you a story 
about that that I've, that I've heard that just makes you excited about what God is about to do. But Paul and Silas, they got so excited that prison doors flung open and the prisoners were set free. Hey, they were spontaneous. They started to pray. Can we just go through a few scriptures this morning? Turn in your Bibles with me, please, to Jeremiah 34 and verse 8. Jeremiah 34 and verse 8. Have a look at this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. So often in the Old Testament, when you read it, you hear, this is the word that came to so-and-so from the Lord. We read it before. When we lift our trumpet to our mouths, we are proclaiming something. We are declaring something prophetic. We are taking what is on the heart of the Father, and we with, as I read somewhere, with love, we're declaring it to those that know not God. To those who know God but need to hear again from God. We are instruments in the hand of the Lord. So in verse 8 it says, After King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people who were at Jerusalem to proclaim what? He could have actually said anything, couldn't he? But he says, liberty. Of all the words that he could say to a people, he proclaimed liberty. Another verse, another scripture that we all know oh so well is found in Isaiah. Isaiah 61. Verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He's anointed you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you all to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty. Liberty. To who? To the brokenhearted. Those whose hearts have been broken. Those who have had their hearts at times hurt. We've all been hurt at one stage or another. But he wants to proclaim freedom. He wants to loose the captive. Can you say amen? amen. We have virtually word for word found in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the same scripture. Let me just give you a couple of other scriptures as our time Gets short. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Galatians 5, 1 and verse... Galatians 5, verse 1 and verse 13. John 8, I believe it's verse 34. The freedom that we are to proclaim is a freedom that in the old is to be pure and spontaneous. While in the new, put this one down, there is the thought of being pardoned. There is the thought of deliverance. There is the thought of forgiveness. There is the thought again of liberty. And the final thought is that of remission. Our sins have been remitted. When you read Isaiah 61, 
and Luke 4, it's as Ian said, it's the freedom is the message of the gospel. Go into all the world. This is the message that Jesus told his disciple. Point number three, and I had to think about this one for a long time. You shall eat of the increase out of the field. But which field? Jesus said that there is the field that is in the world, right? But God tells us there's another field. You are the planting of the Lord. You have been planted by God in his field, in his vineyard. That which is done of the flesh is not to be invested into the fields of people's lives. See, when he told them there in the Feast of Jubilee, the Festival of Jubilee, they were not to touch anything that was of works. They had to work to get the grapes in. They had to work, in other words, to get what they had sown, the veggies and, and the fruits and the herbs and the spices. There was work. That's not what we're talking about here this morning. I believe with all my heart... And let me ask you this question. What kind of seed and therefore fruit have you been gathering? That is going to have an impact on your freedom. What have you been allowing to get into your spirit? What kind of seed have you been looking at? What kind of seed are you holding in your hands? This is my seed book. I have all the seed that I need in here. And what comes from seed? Fruit. You shall be known by your gifts. No, you'll be known by your fruit. Fruit grows from seed. Because what you eat during the time of festival is not something you've done, but you glean it from here. This is the seed that you need to taste. Bible says, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Amen. Psalm 34. Have you been eating, church, the seed of Scripture? Have you been devouring it? Have you been meditating upon it? Have you been chewing like a cow? Right? That's meditation over and over and over again before it produces milk. And then the milk of the word. The meat of the word. Can you say amen? amen. So the Lord was showing me these things. And I just want to take you on now a little bit of a journey as we... Bring, come in for a landing this morning. But uh, the Holy Spirit, and how many know that the Holy Spirit can actually speak to you very personally, very individually, but very accurately? So the Holy Spirit was talking to me. 
And he said this question, and I pose it to everybody here, both face-to-face and online. What has been your dietary intake? See, if I eat too much sugar and cake, I'm going to, right? I'm just going to get fat. I won't even be able to dance before the Lord. You know, I'll just have to stand there because it's too hard. You know, there's too much exertion if, you, if you're... There's nobody here like that, of course. But my diet needs to be a balanced diet. I need to have my veggies. I, need, I like my starch. I like my potato. I like my meat. I like my fish. I like all sorts of difference. But is that what you're taking in when you look at your seed book? Or are you fashioned only on and I'm guilty of this myself, the prophetic stuff. Oh, look what happens in Acts 13, the church at Antioch. Look in the Old Testament, we we have all these lines that point to when Jesus is coming back. That's only one truth, church. We need a balanced diet. If the church is going to be the church then we need seed for all occasions. He then said to me, what are you doing about fulfilling the the commission? Let me ask a question, four questions. How much feeding seed is in you? Have you got enough seed to feed those who are hungry? Hungry for more of God? Hungry that like the child that comes for the first time and says, tell me what God's like. What about leading, governing seed? What about teaching seed? We all need sound teaching. And as I said, there is prophetic seed. Let me put it to you another way. How many have been into the Australian bush? Have you actually stood back and and thought about the bush? The bush has all sorts of different trees. Gum trees, shrubs, logs, ground cover, all sorts of different plants. But they've all come from what? From seed. It's a balanced appraisal of a landscape. That's the natural First the natural, then the spiritual. So when somebody looks at you, do they see a balanced Christian? You know, in the, there's gum trees everywhere. That's the seed that actually says this is an Australian bush. This is Aussie bushland. You see the gums, particularly in Victoria. But all these other seeds and all these other trees and everything else simply adds to the picture to give you a complete picture. All these seeds that I just mentioned add to the landscape of who you are. But you will still have a primary gift. What are you known by? The gift or the fruit? The fruit is there to support the gift. 
In other words, the character. Come for a landing. We're coming in for a landing. There is so much that we could, we could continue to go, to go on. But one point as we land is that that festival that we've looked at also talks about tabernacles, in-gathering, harvest. But do you know what it actually also says? Jesus is the one who tabernacled amongst us. The, the Feast of Jubilee is a time to be amongst others but tabernacling with Jesus, dwelling with Jesus, loving on Jesus. You know, John gave us a wonderful, wonderful vision, didn't he? His head was upon Jesus' breast. That's close. And we've heard about it since we've been in lockdown. It's a time to get into the secret place. But you know what? That doesn't mean that these other things can't happen as well. It's all about balance. Can you say amen? Because you know why? And I've only just thought about it. We've said when God indwells and dwells with his people, there is a freedom that he brings. That freedom is pure. That freedom is clean. It's wholesome. But do you know what it actually spoke to my heart about? As I began to think about some of these words, it caused me to stop and think about one other word that is not too often spoken of in all of Christendom today. That word is holiness. You know, that is more messages than one can dream of. And that's for another time. Today, in him we live and move and have our being. I said at the beginning, it's all about him. We are in him. Are you ready to be in him, to live, to move, to have your being all in him? I am. I am. Should we want a greater freedom every day? Free to be whom God formed and created us to be. The chauffeur blew. The trumpet blew. Is the chauffeur blowing in your life? Is the trumpet... Da -da -da -da! Blowing in your life. I hear the blowing in the spirit. I'm hearing it loudly. I'm hearing it every day. This is the season of Jubilee. What are you wanting to be released from this morning? What kind of sound is emanating from your life? Is God's dwelling place found in you. Amen.